Hello, I am AA23, the official droid of Asla Analysis. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. This is it. Everybody quiet. Follow me, boys. Got the dark side and the light side. One is selfless, one is selfish. You want to keep them in balance. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. That's not how the Force works. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Allow me to introduce our instructors in the Force, Master Eric and Master Rachel. And now it's time for another episode of Ashla Analysis. Hello, universe. This time, we want to talk about cloning and force users. Aren't you excited, Eric? Yeah, Rachel, I'm very excited because this is something that I feel like not a lot of information is out there, but the information we do have is very telling, and so I'm very excited to kind of dive into the cloning process and what that means for force-sensitive beings. Uh, you're right. We had to do a lot of research for you guys, um, but uh, Eric has actually been extremely excited about this because I think secretly he wants a clone for himself. I mean, <laughs> don't you? Like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Everyone might. Yes, like a little mini-me or something like that, you know? Um, that'd be pretty awesome. But like One unaltered clone? An unaltered saying? clone to regard as a son, that would be pretty great. I think that might be in my, my future if we can if we can <laughs> take the information that we learned about from this podcast and apply it to our everyday lives. Maybe I will have an Eric 2 or something. Um, nice. But I'm very excited, Rachel, because if you think about one character who is really into the genetics, really into uh, the midichlorians, really into sort of what embodies the Force and how do we hear about the midichlorians and things like that, you have to think about Darth Plagueis. Now, we don't get a mm -hmm. lot of Darth Plagueis in the films or anything like that, but that scene in Episode 3 where we hear about Palpatine telling the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise and about how he was able to influence midichlorians and things like that, it really gets you thinking. And my favorite part about the Plagueis research is a quote that I read about in the Book of Sith. And it says, and this is Darth Plagueis, What is the Force? The Jedi say it's created by life. But I say the Force creates life. And so that's, that's kind a of... a good one. Yeah, like what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? You know? Right, because there's such good arguments either way. Yeah. And so Plagueis is very different than your normal Sith, right? You think about like Maul and he's just got that menacing look and he's all about training and fighting and battling. You think about Vader and that's kind of like his 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 past. He was the he was the chosen one and he's there. He's sort of like the emperor's dog out there to to, to do his bidding and to kind of, you know, be the beat stick and Darth Bane and all these really powerful Sith. But Plagueis believed in a scientific approach. He was sort of like the Sith scientist, you know? Mm. He's very different from your normal Sith. 
but he experimented on animals and little creatures and, and, and the ability to influence midichlorians and kind of what we talked about a couple minutes ago. Um, and so when you talk about cloning, it's very genetically um, influenced. Manipulated, yeah. He, he used to have animals manipulated so that then he could hunt them. It's kind of creepy. Ew. <laughs> but when you talk about Force-sensitive beings, right, and, and how to deal with the genetics... Um, Plagueis decided that breeding two Force-sensitive beings could be an option, right? To create mm-hmm. another Force-sensitive being. And typically that would result in a Force-sensitive offspring. Now, it's not always the case because, you know, recessive genes and things like that. Um, right. But genetic defects have been a concern. When you do that, you just never know. In some cases, people have tried blood transfusions just to, like, in you know infuse midichlorians but the host's native midichlorians a lot of times will reject the influx of foreign cells so Uh, that's just not always gonna gonna work it doesn't work very well yeah so how do you do this right when you come to cloning obviously it's very genetic based and we've seen cloning involved in star wars uh, attack of the clones right you got all the clone troopers and things like that and there's a a group of people that have become very good at that job mm-hmm. exactly well, i mean one main one and you guys already <laughs> right. know it but that's camino I, I mean the camonians they made their mark in the galaxy early on as some of the best cloners but not to the common man like they were kind of off the grid. They're, they were outside of the galaxy, so they weren't really known by the galaxy. And there was a lot of almost like the underground that knew that they were experimenting with clones and got better at it as time went on. The downside to their method, though, is that the way that they made those amazing clones was that it took longer periods of, of gestation, right, before they arrived at maturity. And so that was the only issue. So when we were looking for a clone army, uh, Sifidius, you know, worked with them so that they used a growth acceleration. And so when they were looking at making all of those clone troopers, they could produce that fully mature clone in half the time. So it only took them like a decade, um, which was crazy. And it was the biggest the biggest cloning endeavor they had taken on at, at the time. And they obviously, if you remember, they're really proud of their combat education and training programs. And they talked about modifying the clones created for the Republic uh, in a genetic structure to make them less independent. Um, but they also had this thing where they allowed clients to make or request those modifications. So uh, for example, like that behavioral uh, biochip modification that they used in the clone army to make them execute Order 66, like that was totally something that was a request as well. So very interesting. Uh, not not always the great greatest way to go, I think, by allowing all those requests. But the other interesting thing when we're talking about cloning is kind of what came out of that. So if you think about after all of the the clone army is gone and and converted into stormtroopers or, you know, hiding away. 
from the Empire, the Imperial scientists, they wanted to continue creating clones. And so they took the idea from all of the science based in Camino and they said, okay, we want to make them faster. So they used these things called Sparty containers and they refined that uh, Camino and technology. And then they made these tanks and they were like four meter tall tanks, like made into a mechanical kind of womb. And they filled that with these nutrient chemicals and organic catalyzers. And, and the idea was while this clone body was more rapidly maturing, they infused it with these special polymers um, in their skin. And it created this like membrane, which protected the whole body that was, you know, mimicking more like a womb. And they were able to grow clones faster. And so in this case, instead of that decade it would take, they were able to complete the entire process in just a few weeks. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm the dark side guy. And that's like, you should see the faces I'm making right now. It's like yeah. weird. Yeah. The other weird thing is that when, when they, anyone in general is experimenting with cloning, they oftentimes would start with just kind of like bioengineering. Um, and so what would happen is you would get a strand cast out of that. And the strand cast is exactly what Ray's father was. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, he was just like this bioengineered living entity that didn't have force sensitivity that wasn't good enough for the emperor. Oh, so creepy. Ew. Well, Rachel, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is sort of... I feel like a lot of it is Sith uh, inspired because the Sith, mm -hmm. you know, if you think about Anakin in episode three, he says, I want more and I know I shouldn't. And so the the idea of sort of cloning a force sensitive being is is kind of like you feel like you're not good enough the way you are or you need a way to preserve your life yeah. or you need something better. It's sort of like that idea of wanting more. Yeah, the only... The only ones that I have read about other than Camino, where they, you know, started cloning themselves and bioengineering themselves because their planet had a shift and became covered by water. So they mm -hmm. were trying to survive as a race and then turned it into, you know, an export. But anything else all comes from the Sith. Yeah. And it's interesting because we don't have a lot of information, at least in current canon Star Wars, that relates to cloning. You hear about uh, Beaumont Kim in, in The Rise of Skywalker, dark science cloning, secrets only the Sith knew. And so we'll talk a little bit yeah. about that. But what I want to do now is kind of talk uh, a little bit about... And this is Rachel's famous quote, legend has it. What happens, you know, <laughs> in previous Star Wars, and we go to Starkiller, like if you think about Starkiller, Galen Merrick, he was a, a great character. If you've ever played the game, The Force Unleashed, you've controlled this character. Yeah. Uh, a very popular character. And those games were amazing. You use the Force to literally pull Star Destroyers out of the sky You'd literally be able to pick up a stormtrooper, shoot him with lightning, throw your lightsaber right through his chest, and launch him across the map. I mean, it was it awesome. It was grand, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this dude, if you've never if you've never seen him, I mean, this guy was amazing. This is another fantastic masterpiece by 
Sam Witwer, uh, the voice Mm -hmm. of Maul and a lot of times the Emperor. Um, This guy does a fantastic job. So this was Vader's secret apprentice. And at the end of the first game, he, you know, depending on which way you play the game, there's sort of like a a quote unquote canon way and then a a non-canon way. Now, granted, this is all legends, so it's, you know, do what you will. But at the end of the game, your your body is brought to Kamino by Vader after uh, you die. And it's stored in this cloning facility, right? So Starkiller is stored in this cloning facility in an attempt to create a more obedient version of him. So if you've played the game, you know that he kind of turns to the light side. He teams up with the Rebellion and becomes this Rebellion hero. And obviously that's not something Vader wants. So... Mm-hmm. His attempt is to take him to Kamino, and that's, you know, something that Anakin Skywalker knew about Kamino, right? The, the right. clones were grown there, so Vader has a lot of history there. This is where you produce clones. And so that's where Vader took him. And so he, the Starkiller guy, still had memories from the original Starkiller, this, this clone. He had memories about Juno Eclipse. And so these clones were created using accelerated cloning process, much like the clones. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of them really failed to meet Vader's expectations because, I mean, if you're going to sort of accelerate this process, you know, it's not going to be exactly the way that you want it to be. You get all kinds of weird results. Right. I mean, if you think about Boba Fett and how he evolved versus like a regular clone trooper, right? I mean, Boba had the time with Jango, learning from Jango himself to become this Mm -hmm. really crazy bounty hunter versus, you know, a regular clone trooper, not as much. So you can sort of see that same result with this. But you end up fighting Vader on Kamino. The final battle is against Vader on Kamino as this clone, and it's, it's really epic. I mean, the, the yeah. graphics, I mean, even from then were really amazing. And you fight him on Kamino, and there's all these clones that attack you, and so you have to attack the other clones and things like that. So um, this was really uh, quite, a, epic. quite epic. It was a great way to see the experiments that the Empire, and Vader specifically, did with the cloning process. Uh, okay, so that that actually reminds me about the clone of Luke. So since we're talking about legends, um, they cloned Luke's hand. Remember when he lost it in the battle on Bespin with Vader? Mm, um, mm-hmm. So that hand and lightsaber, Palpatine kept in his personal collection because he's weird and creepy, you know. And so had an exact (laughs) duplicate made of Luke, uh, but there was an issue. So looked exactly physically like him but mentally totally a mindless drone nothing in there um and so the this was ultimately created by joris kabath in an attempt to turn the clone to the dark side because you know you're gonna even the odds right and oh my gosh it trained him in the force and made to do his will like that was the whole thing and they created him in a cloning cylinder, kind of kind of like what I was talking about, in less than a month. And this clone then has to face off against Luke. Well, you know, and then, and then Mara has to kill him. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> and Mara is like one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. I mean, I named my dog uh, after Mara Jade. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like a lot of people, even today, you think about this this clone of Luke. I mean, it's got that extra U in his name, so Luke, like, you know, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. I, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, it, th- that's because there was nothing in there. It was a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of an idiot, idiot clone. But yeah, no, I mean, when I was reading this book, I mean, this is all part of the original Thrawn trilogy uh, with the clone of Luke and things like that. It was very strange to read about, and I didn't really understand how they could just like create a clone in in a month. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, technology's crazy and, and you know, you, you kind of take what you get with that. And like you said, Rachel, nothing more than a mindless drone. I mean, it was, he was kind of just not really mentally there at all. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you induce, get a force-induced creature, I mean, you've seen Savage Opress. I mean, he's kind of just like, yes. a, a, I was just you know, thinking like that. a mindless beast, you know. Uh, yeah. So, and the problem is, so you're trying to produce a clone or a bioengineered being that's sensitive in the force. And then you want to bend it to the dark side, then to do your will, like all of these things, it all is just like going uphill the whole time. And you're trying to do it so fast that stuff's falling off as you go. Yeah. But I love the story, and and you know Mar Jade being the Emperor's hand, their former Emperor's hand, kind of her assignment was to take out Luke Skywalker, and she kind of did that. She, she just kind took of out fulfilled the, it. Yeah, she just took out the clone. So um, I just I just love that story. Now, Rachel, continuing on with our legends, we have Emperor Palpatine. And if you've read the Dark Empire comics, you know exactly what I'm starting to yes. talk about here. But the thing is, I want you to listen to what we're talking about now. Talking about legends. Legend has it, Palpatine. And then think about what we're going to talk about when we talk about canon. Now, the first sentence, I'm going to read this right now. This is Legends Palpatine. He created clones of himself to pass on his essence in case he needed a new body. Okay, so if you think about what we know about Plagueis and about how he was trying to sort of continue on his life and and to prevent people from dying and to save them and sort of live forever, we know that that's something that Palpatine wanted to do. And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. creating clones of yourself to pass on your essence in case you need a new body, hey, that sounds pretty good. So Palpatine created this cloning facility on Biss. And in these comics, he was able to turn Luke Skywalker to the dark side. And that's something, uh, you know, that's a pretty great feat. Yeah. Everyone's able to do that. Um, During this comic book, Leia turns Luke back to the light side throughout the middle of the, uh, the comic. And Palpatine unleashes a force storm on the rebel fleet. So think about the Rise of Skywalker for a second and what Palpatine does to the Resistance and uh, the fleet and the the people from all over the galaxy, right? Shoots that Mm -hmm. lightning up into the sky, destroys the fleet, right? So, hey, maybe they're taking a little bit from Legends and putting it into canon. But I don't know. I love it when that happens. It could just be me. Uh, Luke and Leia turn the Force Storm on Palpatine, destroying his body, but his spirit lives on. And that kind of reminds me of, like, Harry Potter, right? In the first one where Harry, like, puts his face to Quirrell's head and, like, the the Voldemort, like, little smoke ball spirit, like, flies away. (laughs) It's kind of like that. Every every time we 
every time we talk about Palpatine and like trying to move his essence around and never dying all i imagine is every video game i've played where you're beating like a boss and you're like why won't he die (laughs) yeah i love that you just screamed that because that's how i am all the time (laughs) yeah so that's that's the legends has it rachel and so we've talked about Mm -hmm. palpatine we've talked about luke skywalker we've talked about star killer and galen merrick but now let's talk about canon. You think about canon, and if you've read the Rise of Skywalker novelization, it really adds a lot to the story of Palpatine and what we get in the Rise of Skywalker. Now, watching the Rise of Skywalker, they don't necessarily give you everything that you need to know about Palpatine and the story right. of his character. But the novelization really expands on that. It's the expanded edition, uh, expanded and updated edition of the book. And if you have not read it, I highly recommend it. But they really go on to talking about Palpatine's character. And my first sentence, created a clone body of himself to pass on his essence in case he needed a new body. Literally exactly what I said when talking about legends. Yes. Um, And so if you've read the book, this is kind of what it talks about with Palpatine. So Palpatine had this clone body, but the clone body was imperfect. It was an imperfect vessel to contain his power, and it wasn't ready. It was too soon. When Palpatine was thrown down the pit in The Return of the Jedi, he was not ready. And that's surprising, right? Because you always think about Palpatine, how he's always ahead of the game. He's pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was not ready. He was not expecting Vader to turn on him. And that's what the Sith are about. Turning on your master. Eventually, mm-hmm. the apprentice will turn on the master. And so he was trapped in this broken, dying form. And if you think about, if you remember, you know, kind of back to the Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine's all like old and decrepit. And he's got like, you know, he's being hung yeah. from that device and everything. And. I don't like it. It's creepy. (laughs) You should see my face. Yeah. Especially like when you know he's on Exegol and like there's lightning everywhere and just the way that they film it, it's like, oh God. It is quite, quite creepy. But my favorite part, Rachel, about this is that as Palpatine fell down the shaft of the second Death Star, he transferred his consciousness to a secret place he'd been preparing uh, uh-huh. And we know that that's on Exegol. You remember seeing all those vats and like people working there, and it's just like really crazy. He's got his whole, it's like a laboratory almost. I um, remember everybody being like, no, 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 he died. And then I forget who it was, but somebody, one of us said, yeah, but that's totally a thing he would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is just crazy, and I love how they take things from legends and put them into canon. Ah, me too, me too. Um, but while he was thrown down the pit in the second Death Star, his real body was dead before it hit the bottom. He had transferred his consciousness. And like I said before, it just wasn't ready, and that's why he was all messed up. But- and anytime they were working on those, like, fast-paced clones or, or, or things that weren't complete or, or trying to rush it, not only would they have these weird like abominations and things like you were saying, but they also found that that the bodies of those clones would like degrade faster mm-hmm. and stuff. And so that was like one of the side effects. So I guess it kind of makes sense here too. Yeah. Anytime you sort of, and I, I'm pretty sure they talked about this too in the Clone Wars, the, the like the Django Fett 
uh, clone DNA was being stretched clone after clone. Yeah. So anytime you continuously do that, it's just not going to turn out so well. But splicing genes, bolstering tissue, creating unnatural abominations with the hopes of finding a suitable body for his consciousness after his normal body died was something that Palpatine was just after. He had that Mm -hmm. plan. He had that idea from Plagueis uh, with all these genes and the genetics and things like that to sort of preserve his life and live forever. He's all about power. Right. And so throughout this process, Palpatine created, through a strand cast, uh, his son. And it lived and thrived, but he had no force ability. And, you know, to Palpatine, if you have no force ability and you have no ability to give him power, just like you said, Rachel, useless. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need you. I'm going to throw you away. You don't, you're of no use to me. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, you know, we're referring to him as his son, but much like Django and Boba, it's not like it's his son. Right. It's, it's this clone that was different, a strand cast, you know? So, yeah. Which is, it actually is even more interesting for Ray at this point. Right. And I was talking to some people about this at work. And so the one of my coworkers was like, so Palpatine's actually Ray's dad. I'm like, but not really, <laughs> like not, not the way that Gen- you think about it. Genetically, yeah. sort of. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the only worth for Ray's dad, or Palpatine's son, was through the bloodline. And so that's why right. when watching The Rise of Skywalker, you say, okay, so Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. That's what Palpatine was after this entire time. Palpatine wanted Rey. He wanted to use her as the vessel for his essence to continue his power. And so that's why, I, I mean, I just, The Rise of Skywalker is so interesting. Yeah, it, I mean, it's nasty. <laughs> it's just, like, so confusing. Um, but that's, that's, like, if you think about someone that's power-hungry, right, and has gone to all extents in the universe to control everything... Well, I guess that would be it. Like, regardless of how you're looking for someone as strong in the force as you are close to it or better. Mm -hmm. So that then you can take that over. Yeah. And cloning, cloning force users is something that I feel like is very, it's very kind of hit or miss. And so like you've seen, you know, you talk about uh, Palpatine's son, that strand cast that has no use to him, even in the Mm -hmm. uh, Force Unleashed game. General Rom Coda talks to Starkiller basically saying like, oh, you can't force, you can't clone a force sensitive being, you can't clone a Jedi, it's impossible. And so there's sort of like hit or misses, right? It's sort of like up in the air. Is this something that's good? Is this something that's bad? Could this create, you know, could this be a backfire? We've seen that Luke that we were talking about earlier, sort of mentally nothing more than a mindless drone. Like, is it really a good idea to clone for sensitive beings i mean or any being for that matter right (laughs) we're facing the same kind of dilemmas in our own universe like you know how much do you meddle and at what point is it worse than what you're intending to fix you know right pretty crazy so you know like i said before i mean there's not a ton in the star wars universe related to cloning for sensitive beings but obviously i think this is something that we can continue to discuss amongst ourselves i mean this is something of great debate 
among Star Wars fans. So I think um, if you have any thoughts on cloning Force-sensitive beings, we'd love to hear from you guys on Mm -hmm. any of our social media channels. And I'm sure, you know, we talk about this all the time at Twin Suns Outpost. You cut off one head of the Star Wars question marks, two more pop up, you know, and you just always are getting more questions for every answer you get. So I feel like this is something, Rachel, that we'll probably get more answers to as we continue to get more Star Wars content. I agree. It's it's funny, too, because even as we're talking about this, I'm remembering even more things, you know, of... of the brother and sister mm-hmm. you know the the father was trying to create with the force and ended up with the the brother and the sister and so that that whole mortis arc was like a version of this in in less scientific form and you know in less control but but more in the life creation of the force and so that that portion of it i think would be really interesting to explore mortis is always every time i watch through clone wars it's always something that i'm like i just you know some of the arcs you're like oh yeah i've seen this before let's watch it again oh hey what's you know scroll through social media but like mortis is always like i'm glued to the tv every time me I'm too watching. it's my favorite and i i learned something more like i don't know every every month or so i learned something else that ties back to mortis and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yep it's it's a key. It's a key to a lot of things in the universe. So hopefully we'll get more on that. Yes. But Rachel, I mean, we know a lot about Star Wars and uh, you know, we we do a lot of research for our show, but and that's something that we always want to give credit to the creators and so Uh, On this episode, for our references, we use Star Wars Wikipedia, The Rise of Skywalker novelization, The Book of Sith, Jedi vs. Sith, and the Star Wars The Essential Atlas. Awesome. Well, I hope that gives you guys a good starting point with cloning. Uh, And I'm sure you've learned something new, because I know we did when we were researching all this for you. So I think it would be a really good idea for next month if we started talking about Force healing. Yes. Yeah, we just, you know, started talking about all the weird things that happen with cloning, and let's lean a little towards the other way and talk about Force healing. Right, and there's a ton of characters in Star Wars, obviously, when you're in a war of the stars, you're going to get hurt a little bit, right? Some of our favorite characters get hurt, um, and there's always going to be that character, you know, with the light side that's more of a light side ability to heal you up if you're in pain. Especially a little cute green one. (laughs) yep (laughs) so we'll be talking all about force healing on our show for october spent too many seasons on a hot dusty desert planet does the rain help calm your body and your mind are you captivated by thunderstorms with intricate electric arrays mostly unknown to the galaxy for generations the aquatic planet of camino has more than just their cool, stormy weather and advanced technology to offer. Well known for their groundbreaking work with cloning, the Kaminoans have created beautiful architecture with glistening convex cities on stilts that allow the deep blue sea to move naturally underneath. Venture out to a seagazer's deck and catch a glimpse of the majestic Awas, also known as air whales, as they glide between sky and sea. 
these genetically enhanced creatures can be seen playing in the early hours of the morning. Don't forget to stop by the Clone Wars Historical Museum, where remnants for the Grand Army of the Republic are on display. Whether you're looking for a change of scenery or an escape from your daily flow, you'll find a whole new you on Camino. I hope that was awesome. I can't wait to see what comes of the next cloning details and series. And we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Jedi, like my father before me. The Sith rely on their passion for their story. The Jedi use their power for good. Similar in almost every way, including their quest for greater power.